0: Pastor Shane Eidelman.
1: There we go. How's it going? Hi. Mary. Great to be on your program. I love uh, what you're doing and helping people.
0: So Shane uh, spoke with, at one of the men's meetings that my husband attended called Band of Brothers. And it was very interesting. My husband has eyes and ears to see if people... Um, Talk about dyslexia and and pastor Shane did. And that is why we have this connection. And I just wanted Shane to come on today, introduce himself. But I also have a few questions we're going to, I'm going to ask him where he can share about his journey. And I believe it'll really bless you. And I hope you listen to this podcast until the end. So Shane, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience?
1: Yeah, my name is Pastor Shane Eidelman. I'm in, uh, like you mentioned, Los Angeles County, actually the far north end of Los Angeles County. And I mean, long, long story short, um, throughout school, you know, it was challenging. Um, and I didn't know why, you know, you kind of you think you're stupid, maybe. And you you know, you're just not you can't measure up and you can't keep up with the kids. There's nothing I did on purpose, you know, it just um, and I didn't really know what was wrong. Uh, I still didn't know what was wrong until maybe probably 15 years ago or so I somebody mentioned something and I did I started to go online and you know top 10 characteristics of having dyslexia when you know it every single one of those points uh made sense ah, now I understand why I had such a challenge in school, such a challenge with reading. And if we're not careful, um, you know, it can self-esteem can be really crushed, especially as a kid, because you start being called stupid um, or lazy or why don't you know this? And your mind is not working uh, the same as everyone else's. But as a pastor now looking back, I can see how it was just uh, God used it to really break me and humble me, which is good. But also it is, I think it's a gift in the sense that you're gifted to do something different. So what I do and having to struggle, uh, to, to, to really read well and to write well. Now I write books. If you can believe that, that's the funniest thing that's ever happened. I just laugh. but because of that struggle, there's self-discipline, there's hard work, there's that type a leader mentality. So I can see how those things can actually be used for good. But we also have to remember the school system, you're not supposed to rate um, a scholastic achievement based on everyone on the same level playing field you what is this person gifted at what is this person where is their mind at where and that's why in the public school system even 1620s when it was created they would let kids kind of develop and see what they're gifted for hardworking farmer accounting uh, numbers mathematician worship music and so um, I think that's one thing we kind of miss in the schools is that we put everyone on this on this playing field that a lot of us can't really compete in. So I did, I did, I had to barely graduate high school 1.8. And uh, that that was why too. Yeah. But then I can talk more about, you know, what happened later on.
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about how your teachers responded to you. Did they even understand that you were having a little bit different challenge or that you were even more creative than the other kids? And how did they help you or hinder you?
1: I think looking back, you know, my mom, bless her heart was, probably challenged uh, like Shane, you just, can't you just get this? Uh, But she was great. She was great. She, you know, she helped with me at home. And I do remember some of the, I went to a Baptist school and then a public school and then a private uh, high school. Um, And I think my mom was trying to do that to see if that would help, but just um, and the teachers, there's 30 kids. And so one thing I think that really harms children is that that lack of one on one, you know, if I could have went to my algebra teacher and said, I, I really don't understand. I have no clue what's going on here. You, you left, you lost me the first week <laughs> and, and now we're four months into this and, and geometry and, and, uh, numbers and just, and even reading, you know, my eyes will skip to the next sentence and readings is, 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 is can be really challenging. And so I think they just went with the flow uh and and barely graduated like okay we got to get Shane through poor kid you know kind of stupid dumb uh but they don't realize that a lot of people who struggle with that are intellectually can be very smart because once I once God brought the prodigal son back home and I devoted my life now I love to read probably read 3 4 5 books a month thousands of books in the last 23 years and because there's also not a desire because if, if you're if it's hard to do and you're not getting it, there's no desire because there's no motivation. So now I'm motivated to learn more about God, more about theology. So I have to read things, maybe like go back. Oh, what was he trying to say? And so it's a little harder to read. And I hate reading in public at the church. I mean, I'd rather just have a sentence or two and then I can, you know, speak on like Charles Spurgeon did that a lot. <laughs> but uh, but if I have to read a whole body of, of, of scripture, you know, my mind as you know, my mind's see. It's going ahead of me, and it, so it's almost like the dog said, "Sit down." You have to go real slow to capture each word, or else I'm I'm already at the end. Maybe that has to do with my Type A personality too, wanting to get through things. And so it's it's really still a challenge, but I, I I love it because there's other giftings that come out of it, you know for sure.
0: One of the things I've shared in other uh, videos is that, you know, God gave us the brain parts to all work together, but we weren't born with the reading brain like we were to see and hear. So people who have a different way of learning have to um, be, their brain has to be retrained. And we do a lot of work with music and play music in the left ear. Mm While words are going into the right ear through various ways, whether I'm speaking, whether it's my app that has spelling exercises on it. Um, but literally when kids have one-on-one intervention and for, you know, it's been proven that after a year of retraining the brain, an MRI will look the same Mm -hmm. as their MRI will look as like someone who doesn't have dyslexia. So the brain is being retrained. Do you um? So you mentioned that seeing the the lyrics of um so, wor- like worship songs, the lyrics are struggling because there's those uh, spelling and grammar tricks that you haven't learned right. that would be yeah. an obstacle. But what about music in general? Do you learn well when you're listening to background music, or do you listen to an earphone in your left ear it's, or anything? It's,
1: yeah, it's funny you said that, and I want to I want to get right to that. But there's something I've been just popped in my mind, and I want to. Uh, i think it'd be important for people to know too a lot of times over the years like when i write books uh, and all my books are actually available as free downloads at westsidechristianfellowship.org um and people say you know you have a you have a gift to take complex things and bring them down to where just the normal average contractor uh business, you know just the stay at home mom where they can understand it so i think that's one thing is mm-hmm. Because I, I can read and learn better something. I just give me the the simple, basic things. And so I can take, let's say, Charles Hodge on systematic theology and break down, okay, take, you know, 14 pages and say it in four paragraphs, but a real simple way that people can understand it. So my mind does do that. I can understand the complexity, but then it can come out in a simple type of, of way. And that's been a blessing to people too. So I think yes. that's one thing. Uh but back
0: to the music. Yeah. And, and that's I, our audience. So I think that's amazing. Yeah.
1: And uh with music, usually in the morning I get up. I've been getting up, you know, very early for the last 23 years by 334 in the morning. And that's my time. <laughs> and I'll have worship on as I'm reading the Bible. And people are like, how do you how do you do that? Yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't know how that works, but it 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 works. Uh and sometimes if I take it out, it's almost like too quiet. You know, my mind's mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, but I do it both ways, but it can, it can really, it can really help listening to to music, uh, certain types of music, but also in church, a lot of people, I don't know why this is, but I, I can't look at the, 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 like the lyrics up on the screen for, for yeah. some reason, trying to read them and concentrate takes me away from worship. So whenever, whenever we don't have lyrics on the screen, I'm happy, I'm fine with it. But then people say, where are the lyrics at? We need to put, and so it's just, I guess the way, I don't understand what that is. Um Maybe, maybe it is good because you can sing along with people. But if I have to read the sentence and then the next sentence and the next <laughs> sentence, it's, 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 it's hard to actually uh worship for me. So I never look at lyrics ever really.
0: You know, and, and Shane and I talked about this earlier that it's been on my heart for months um that I could talk to somebody about that who was dyslexic or parents who have kids in, in mm-hmm. church that look at the screen. How do their kids feel or how do the parents feel? Because if anybody would write in the chat to this YouTube yeah. uh, re- responding to that, because sometimes I would love to even take a song and break it down in a lesson mm-hmm. on YouTube and show people, this is how you sound these words out because there's a lot of grammar tricks that need to be explicitly taught that means directly taught one-on-one kids won't learn it from their peers the teachers may teach it once or twice but they need a lot of repetition with it Mm -hmm. so shane i wanted to bring up some of those 10 things that you um said that you read and that was you because i know our audience is going to resonate with this too um but first, I want to say uh, with numbers, it's we call it dyscalculia. Okay. So with reading, we call that's the real that's the reading dyslexia. But um typically, dyslexic children will not want to raise their hands and volunteer to read. Obviously, they don't like to be called on. And mm-hmm. teachers really need to be mindful to prep a dyslexic child, what right. they're going to read, you know, let them know the day before or even the morning before so that they can prepare what they're going to read. If right. you have, you know, circular reading, Um they um a lot of times will make excuses to leave when it's reading time. Mm-hmm. And I've yep. had <laughs> parents say they thought their child had a bladder infection because they always had to go to the bathroom so much, but it was always during right. reading time.
1: That's what I and did. The
0: teacher and the kid admitted, I just didn't want to read. Mm-hmm. And then, of, of course, feeling embarrassed because auditory processing, the way the the speed that our um, brain works when they hear something, they may answer a question after it's already been answered. And so the teacher yeah. moves on to question number two. And the students answering the first question so that there's a slowness in in responding to teachers Mm. and teachers need to be patient. They need to give the whole class thinking time and not only call on the first person who raises their hand. Right. Because dyslexic children are bright and they have the answers, but they need a little bit more processing time. And of course, a library is not mm-hmm. a kid's best place to go. No. You know, no. let's go to the library and have fun. And dyslexic children are like, ah, yes. <laughs> you don't yeah, library. exactly. Well, I think
1: too, you made a great point. If what the benefit of reading it the day before is there's confidence. Okay, I've got this down. I've read it. I know what the story is now. I'm, now I can go and read with confidence versus throwing like, cause what you're thinking about is I really don't want to mess up mm-hmm. is what you're saying. And you, you know, okay, you're reading every word and then, you know, and that skips to the wrong sentence or you, you or what I do is I see the word that's not there. Like if you see a word, like let's that's say, right. um, let's say, um, sovereignty, you know, I'll, I'll say sanity. Mm or if you see a, a word you know i mean you could just jelly i'll say yo know, belly you know it's it's i don't know why that is maybe you see something yes. and you, the, you you
0: yeah you those are part of those characteristics we we say they will add and omit letters yeah and syllables and yeah. they'll glance and guess. So you may recognize the beginning of a, of a multisyllabic word and just give it a whole nother word. <laughs> right. But you right. got, you have the first syllable and uh, changing that first letter. That's one of the exercises we give people. We intentionally change that first letter to see if they can sound the rest of the word out uh, like horse, H O R S E. We might say have them read the word porse. Yes. And because they haven't memorized it. They don't know how to sound out porous. Right. So memorization. um And why you, is
1: numbers? Why are numbers such a challenge? Because even if my wife gives me like five digits, I can't remember those in order. I'll have to write them down. And even when I write them down, sometimes I'll miss. I'll write a, a six instead of the three, even if it's just five digits. So numbers are like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I don't know, maybe it has to do with all of the other things, too.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I know a um, cashier at Stater Brothers who has dyscalculia, and she was so glad they had the scanner. Oh, yeah, that was What's uh, funny,
1: because I can tell my wife, remember, remember last January or a year and a half ago in January, your parents house, we were both sitting on the couch, and you got up to get some sparkling water. And then that's when you said that we, you know, about vacation, and then I was got up and then you said this, I brought you the magazine, it's like, how do you know all, how do you remember all that? But then I can't remember, you know, five, if here, here's a real quick, you know, code to get in the door. And I, I, I just can't remember that. It's just interesting. So interesting. Yeah,
0: when I assess kids, one of the assessments is numbers. Uh, there's a, it's called the C top for the uh, speech people out there. The C top hmm. has a, um, a subtest where kids have to repeat the numbers they hear and they get oh, longer and yeah. longer and longer. And, I always learned to chunk numbers in threes.
1: Yes, yeah. So that you see better. them
0: in, in groups. That's yeah the easiest strategy. Okay. Um, yeah, that's very and be patient
1: And be patient. I think parents just being patient because it's not that they're stupid or they're fighting it or they're rebellious. There's just a real, a real big challenge. You know, and in, there's in nothing
0: wrong to using posted notes. I mean, no, yeah,
1: <laughs> I got them all over the place. I've yeah. got three on my computer with this and up on my Bible. And, uh, but the, the good thing is the, uh, and, I, and I've, I've, I'm probably 35 year class reunion or so. I don't actually, I don't remember. I graduated eighties, 1987, but all the top, you know, 10 people, um, that, uh, you know, graduated or so I would say, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, as far as excelling, you know, in ministry and, and God's, God is, is, is blessing the ministry. And it's when, once you get through life, you know, the, 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 playing field is pretty level once you get out of high school, because now you can flourish. As well, well, and that's one of know. the
0: things I've had adults reach out to me because they're, um, given a task in their jobs that, Work against <laughs> dyslexia. Um, oh, one of a more a real recent person reached out to me that said their computer pops out the progress of everybody else. How are you doing? <laughs> Jane's doing this. Tony's doing that. She's like, ah, I don't right. want to hear how everybody's doing. I don't want to be compared. Maybe right. give it to me twice a uh, twice a day. Yeah. But, um, if a dyslexic person is in a position where they're working with a lot of numbers mm-hmm. or with a lot of words, they need to, Have an assessment so that their employer can be more gracious to them and and give some accommodation to them. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we do assessments here. Um, I do. And I just, I think that's real important. Like you said, as you transition into adulthood, you find a career that works for you. Yeah. And, um, not accounting
1: that's right not a, not a county or a librarian or <laughs> uh, or things like that you know and why even spelling is still challenging today you know and that's why my yes. my very first book was was around 2000 2000 actually and my mom just oh bless her heart she she was a great great at math she had a master's degree and wrote wrote papers sometimes for the state of california and man, she would just redline it, just tear it apart. And the first three or four books were painful because she was really editing most of it, cleaning it up. And and got I got better, write a better writer as I progressed. But even today, you know, if if I just I'll, I I just misspelled sovereignty yesterday, I couldn't remember how to spell sovereignty. Yeah. Or um, I mean, just there's so many words that you just forget how to spell them. And,
0: yeah, we you know, have um, we've had several adult dyslexics on that would talk about dyslexia hacks, you know, how oh, yeah. using, you know, uh, Siri in your phone or oh, just yeah. t- start talking in your phone and it tells you how to spell something. Even I do that.
1: I do too it, that. Yeah, it's a nice trick.
0: Sure. Um, how far did you go in school, Shane?
1: I, I just barely graduate high school with a okay. one point one point eight. And, that's right. Okay. Um, and people said, you know, uh, least likely to succeed. Um, and I did turn because of the self-esteem issues. Um, I turned to alcohol at a young age and so had to battle that throughout my twenties. Um, finding that, you know, fill it, now I'm the life of the party. And so <laughs> this, you know, alcohol made me, um, this, this other person that wasn't this, this stupid Shane. Um, and I was kind of overweight. So I was teased a lot and that's mm-hmm. why I got into health and fitness and bodybuilding. and. And, you know, you try to you try to fix this, but you get into something that's not as good either. Uh, and so after that's when I found my niche with I eventually ended up working for 24 hour fitness centers. I don't know if you've heard of those before, uh, but became yeah. a district manager. Yeah, became a district manager. Even in your area. I had Pasadena and Glendale uh, area for a while. Oh. Montrose um, in that area for a while, just as a district manager. And so I was over sales and and marketing and, and over all these employees. And then that's when God really grabbed my heart and I got out of that and into writing and speaking, speaking too. I can't believe it. So for me, it's like God gets all the glory, all the credit. Someone like me should not be writing books, let alone speaking. And now God has got our, our, our messages are on 80 different radio stations across the United States. Tens of thousands of people hear it each week. And so God uses the least likely. Uh, and once I humbled myself, submitted my mm-hmm. myself to Him, and and what he, you can truly look back and say, He is uh, really guiding me. But it's hard even public speaking because you know you you can not stutter, but you know a lot of rabbit trails or your mind. You know you want to go somewhere, but your mind's going over here and uh, trying to stick with notes is hard. So I just have mm-hmm. bullet points. It's like yeah. the skele- the skeleton, and I put clothes on it while I'm speaking. If Beautiful. that makes sense, much better well, than and I hope.
0: You know, Richard Andrew once said this about me. Are you guys hearing what he's saying? You know, look at the oh, wealth of of yeah. skill that God has given him. Yes. Um, when I would share all that I was doing, Richard Andrew's mouth would just be going, and you guys wow, aren't yeah. using her gifts and her talent. She's here for you. So right. you have, um you're demonstrating how God does use your brain. I mean, the dyslexic people, one in five people has dyslexia. Or oh, have I didn't know that. Yeah. So,
1: wow. Okay.
0: I love when teachers can teach to the whole class as if everybody had a learning challenge because, mm-hmm. you know, all they have to do is teach phonics. Slow down, teach phonics, and it's structured. Well, we, the science of reading, we point out it's uh, systematic, structured, sequential, uh, cumulative, where everything there, you know, and, and it has to be emotionally sound, where kids are feeling good about what they're learning. I tutor a young girl, a kindergartner out of my home. And I love it. I get so excited yeah. to know that I'm going to help her. And I love when I see her grasp it. Mm-hmm. And I had another kindergartner in my home that really, really struggled with the the basic concepts of kindergarten. Yeah. And so she's going to have a life of, of needing that one-on-one help. Yep.
1: One-on-one is one-on-one is key for the, and I think yeah. too, I mean, I don't know if kids will listen to this, but parents can encourage them. Um, you have to be the encouraging, encouraging voice. Hey, don't worry about it. Reading's not great for everyone. Look at this pastor, you know, he, how he grew up. Or it, it's not, you, you don't have to follow Susie and Jack and Chrissy at school. God yeah. might have a different design for you. How you learn is different. And I think, um, and we see it at our own house, two of my daughters, I mean, they'll get up and do their own school for like two hours, where my son is more hands-on, working, got to build something. It's like complete st- and my, my other daughter wants to work with animals, be a veterinarian. And so, you know, training the child in the way they should go versus trying to make them all fit into the certain mold. You have to all learn the same way because I learned really well with uh, a certain way. And what what how school yes. taught was not it was just Information overload. Like now, I can look at the biology books and read about the mitochondria and the cell and the ATP and the and the and, the, and <laughs> how the cell works. But back then, it was just like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter, f- and all this information versus just piece by piece. But I think kids need motivation too. It is hard for a kid to go read a boring book. Yes. Um, so, my mom would say, maybe some ice cream if you get through all of this chapter and and write down the bullet points for me. Or $5 once you read this whole book, you know, I didn't, I don't think Good. there's anything wrong with that because it's a, it's a motivation of discipline and you begin to develop discipline as you get older and uh, rewards, you know, like a chore chart. And, and so I think you can tie it into that, make the book interesting and w- fun, but not push on, put on too much uh, at one time. Cause with those with, the, with dyslexia, I think, I think I can feel overwhelmed pretty no I I mean I'm pretty I've got some strong shoulders but if if things are coming at me and you're trying to process things it, you can feel overwhelmed you know like uh just one chore at a time one task at a time might be good for kids
0: Yeah you know I think about the, I will wrap this up cuz I want to be sensitive to your time um but I wanted to I'm thinking of the being in the classroom how we would give have contests and yes. give the rewards when dyslexic pit Kids are competing against others and you can't motivate out of dyslexia.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. They can't
0: change how they are. Um, but you definitely could reward it, p- kids individually. Like you're right. saying your mom rewarded you individually.
1: And I think too, it's, I think, you know, looking back, I think we have to be careful uh, and I could be wrong here. You know, correct me if I'm, I am for sure, because I'm not an expert on this, but um, uh, it's definitely, I don't know what they would call it. I don't know if it's a disa- disability, Maybe some degree, of learning disability.
0: It's defined as a disability, but it's a learning difference is how we prefer to refer to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and instead of telling kids, you know, well, you have this disability or you have this versus you just learn different than this person, than this person, this person. It's just a and and that's one thing, again, not to knock the school system, but. When we put, when we have this model that everyone needs to fit into, but what about if Johnny does great out with the dandelions, learning about the the the, how photosynthesis works and why the yellow, the pigmentation of the flower, and they're real hands-on and they're going to learn a lot about biology outside with the flower, breaking it down versus in a classroom in a book, you know. And so I think just it's just the way you have to find out how the kid can learn, the child can learn the best. How, how they have been designed.
0: Isn't that what makes a wonderful teacher is incorporating auditory, visual, kinesthetic. And it's not the child's problem if they don't learn. It's the teacher's problem by not knowing how to teach the kid. Right.
1: And I remember that in in biology, they would, the press professor would be up there, uh, very smart. So talk over me, but he explained the cell. Okay. And then, but when I look and look and open and look at a cell and then look at the the layer and how that lets in certain nutrients and the microchondria and how it produces the, and now I'm very visual. Now I can, now I understand completely what he was trying to tell me without any visual aid. It it just, it didn't work. So I'm, I think dyslexia, those who have it, <laughs> visual aids are, are absolutely important.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. Um I just want to encourage the audience to look at some of um uh, Shane's books even on health I know we talk a lot about oh, nutrition yeah. the value we of You could even the touch on that
1: real quick if you want sure. to you For know kids yeah because kids. um you know with d- attention deficit disorders and d- well dyslexia I don't know if this would really apply in, in this sense it could a lot of it overlaps it's comorbid yeah. we call it so that's okay. good okay so uh and what I've learned in the health and fitness background is what we're feeding our kids can play a big role in their attention span and um, there's no reason a seven, eight, nine-year-old needs to be having caffeine, for example, or a Coke with forty forty grams of sugar in it and artificial colorings and sweet. So we're seeing all these processed foods severely affect health and mood. I mean, serotonin is is in the gut bacteria and the microbiome, and it's produced. And so I think we're doing the kids a lot of harm in addition to. Um, maybe misdiagnosing, but also not feeding them what the body actually needs. The body is a living, vibrant organism that needs living nutrients. You know, carrots dipped in hummus, not Captain Crunch. It will definitely affect your children's mood and their sleep pattern and their illness much more. uh Much more. Well, it, it will. See, there it goes. Alexia is kicking in. Um Perfect example. Right. It will affect them um, negatively uh, when we when we don't feed them the types of food the body needs. And so I think a lot of times we're struggling with with hard children. But if we would if we would give the body what it needs, because the body from from mental capacity to cognitive behaviorals to uh, feeling good mood swings, serotonin, uh, all these things, food can really, really affect uh, how we're feeling and how we how we perform.
0: And, you know, parents need to remember that they're the ones in charge. I yep, hear so exactly. many parents just say, well, I don't like the fight. They don't eat it. They, you know, I don't want to yeah. argue with them. You know, parents, you need to step up and be in charge. Well, what say, we, we, we have the same. Yeah, we have the same thing. And we just
1: if it's not at home, though, they're not going to eat it. If they're only eight. They're not going to walk to the store. So if we take, you know, orange juice and make it into a popsicle or carrots and hummus and celery and peanut butter, Almond butter, you know, whatever's in the house, they're gonna they're gonna end up eating. Uh, and so we haven't mastered it. It is, t- it is hard, but if you look at all the processed foods out there and what we're feeding our children, man, it's and the the, the I don't know if you followed this, but the they're they're very concerned um, up the top areas of the government on where this obesity crisis is going with our healthcare system and uh, all cause mortality and and just everything is is on an uptick. You know, from the cancer, diabetes. heart disease, diabetes, yeah. and diabetes is health related. Diabetes is lifestyle related. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a disease that's caused by the choices I'm making. Now people say, well, genetics, true, genes will load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Mm. So you, and, and then epigenetics. I don't know if you've studied that much, but you can actually change your gene signals in your DNA based on Exercise, consumption, breathing, the types of food your body is is consuming can actually put the genes in your favor. So, yes, your mom had cancer doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. Yeah, necessarily. So, yeah, we we have to look at health and fitness big time, especially now in this next generation.
0: Thank you for that. You know, we have so much knowledge at our fingertips right now, and it's hard for parents to be reading and listening. But yeah. if they listen to this, maybe they'll grab your book. That's true. And, um, you know, if they could just have the rule, cut out the cut out the white sugar and cut yeah. out white flour. There's so many yeah. substitutes I've learned, you know, for almond flour. Yeah. And I'm going to actually, I don't
1: know when you'll, they'll listen to this, but on May 13th, we're going live on our Facebook pages and Twitter and everything. I'm going to talk about this topic for two hours oh, and um, May 13th at 10 AM Pacific standard time. And the top 10 things you really need to know. And you hit on it is I, I let people know, is this, a, is this a God given food, uh, even meat and dairy and, and things like, is it a God given food? Versus process made in a factory. And so the whites and the sugars, these are all processed foods that yeah. we were never designed to consume at this level. And I don't want to get into all the details, but, um, if you, if you get rid of what is man made in a factory. And what is God creating that there's life in that God created food. That's really, and that it is hard though, because in organic crackers, but it's got safflower oil, canola oil and, and refined oils are, are not good for the body at all. So you have to be a little strategic. We don't do it perfectly, you know, but, um, we'll die trying because our kids feel better and it's better for them and better for us as well. But, um, if you go through our pantry, you know, there's, there's things in there that probably, um aren't that great, you know, with some of the white pastas and crackers and things, but, you know, trying to find that healthy balance.
0: Yeah. With Easter coming, I have a gal in my mm. community who makes keto Easter candy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's just with monk fruit and, um, yeah. you know, the, uh, I just learned about these, you know, plant-based
1: sweeteners. Well, that's, I mean, you hit a good point. Maybe leave the parents with this too. We are in a surplus of carbohydrates right now. I mean, we're just consuming too many carbohydrates. And you, you can look 100 years ago, nobody was really overweight, but they moved a lot more. You know, they would walk five miles or they would do this on the farm working. And so we have to be careful and strategic with the types of foods we eat now, especially, yeah. you know, for not. I remember when I was in construction as a young kid, I could eat six thousand calories a day and, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. But now. I gotta, I gotta stay way under that because I'm just not moving as much. And if the yeah. body doesn't move, we have to be strategic and things. But yes. anyway, yes, they can download my books on health and fitness for free. Free downloads at westsidechristianfellowship.org. And that would help, help out or at least help them go in the right direction. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast you can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplug. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network.